I've been wondering how in the world could individuals believe that there are lizard people? How in the world can you believe that we are some kind of nation controlled by lizards and there's like a lizard secret population out there? How in the world can you believe more seriously that the globalists and the elites want to control us and set about a new world order? Well, maybe when you hear people such as the vice president of the United States make uh, certain comments. When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Welcome to Cross of the Capital, episode 12. My name is Autry J. Pruitt, your host. Like and subscribe and share this show right now. Cross at the Capitol is the bridge between policy and prayer. We people of faith are being called to adjust our mindsets to meet the unique challenges of the moment. Our question today is how to prove the conspiracy theory may no longer be a theory. Go to the verse, Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version and the King James Version. From 1900. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Originally, I, I, I thought this was a conspiracy theory, too. I'm not talking about the lizard people, but I thought that this notion that the globalists and the elites are in some kind of cahoots and, and there's some planning at Davos or in secret rooms, not in the public at Davos, by the way, behind the scenes, I thought, well, you know, uh, this has to be some kind of conspiracy theory that they're trying to control the population. But there's too many times I've heard of clips just like this. We conservatives, by the way, are often the ones compared to fascists. We conservatives, by the way, are often the ones who these guys, meaning those on the left, those socialists, the Democrats are pointing to, saying, you're a social, you're a fascist. They're pointing to us saying, you want to control women's bodies. You want to control uh, men's dress. You want to control what people do in their individual homes and in their bedrooms. But what I found out to be actually the case is something quite different. <laughs> What's actually the case is they want to control us. They're the real fascists. That's the secret to the left. The secret to the left. I know we're talking about how to prove the conspiracy theory may longer be a theory. But before we get that, let's just. Talk about the secret. The secret to the left is, and I'm, and I'm sure most of you have already figured this out. Everything they accuse us of doing, they are doing. And that's a good principle in life. What I found out is when you get into a ridiculous argument with someone at work, or maybe even in your own family, and they accuse you of something, and it's like, that's crazy. I, I would never do that. Do they know me? You need to ask yourself, do you know them? Because oftentimes what they accuse you of is what they would have been doing in that situation. In other words, they have drummed up in their mind, in their head, that you have done something horrific, that you've done something uh, outlandish, and come to find out what you really are discovering is that that's what they would have done in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. 
Ever heard the phrase, takes one to no one? You ever wonder why sometimes the FBI and the police and those with investigative authority actually go out and they find a, a, a criminal in the prison system and they make a bargain with them and they sit down and they say, well, you know, we, we need your help to catch this criminal. Why? Because it takes one to know one. So that's what I found out is that the fascist, the real fascist of the left and the Democrats are accusing us of being fascist when in reality they are the ones. Think about this. Fascists support extreme unity, extreme unity. Fascists support dictatorial power. Fascists want strong control over society. Fascists want even stronger control over the economy. Fascists suppress dissents. We're going to get through some examples. But who does, if you said right now, who wants extreme unity across the board? You must believe it. Who wants that? Uh-oh. Who really wants the dictatorial power to control your little every life? Who wants to suppress dissent? Who wants to deny you personal power so they can have a strong control over you and your wallet? Is it the right side of the aisle? Not really. Run through. Let's, let's go through them. Let, let's go. Let me, look at my, let me think in my head. Let's go. Let's start in 1920s, right? You got uh, Mussolini in, in Italy. He was aligned with Nazi Germany into the 40s, established a totalitarian regime. I think if I remember, he was like strung up in the, in the middle of the streets upside down and executed by his people. You had uh, uh, Heidika Toja, also in the 40s, right? He was in Japan, an extreme dictator. You had, oh, um, Francisco Franco in Spain. And he was all the way from like the 39s into the mid 70s. You had the guy in Mexico for about four or five years, Plutocaro. Is that his name? And I apologize in advance if I'm saying these names correctly, right? You had um, Juan Perion in Argentina in the, from the 40s to the 50s and again in the 70s, right? He established extreme, extreme strong state control. Didn't want people to think to themselves. These are all dictators who, by the way, come from the left. In fact, there's a book out there by, I believe his name was Jonah Goldberg called Liberal Fascism or, or Who's the Real Fascist? I forgot. Oh, I forgot that book. I should pull up the computer and look at it, but we, we got to rush on. Anyway, this book talks about this. Almost every extreme fascist policy is a product of the left even now. Hitler, environmentalism, universal health care. Right. Look this stuff up. This is I'm not making this up. Go back to the campaigns of these individuals when they either ran for office like Hitler when he was elected chancellor of Germany or when they assumed power and look at what they implemented. One world government is what they wanted. And so what's ironic is they accuse us of this. And this is what they want. You know, there is a reason why you have to be conscious of this stuff, conscious of. And have in your mind what fascism is and who is fascist. Because if you're not conscious of this, you're going to remain poor. You're going to continue to have medical concerns. You're going to be under the authority and control of a party you never elected, which, by the way, is happening in the U.S. Just look at the administrative state, right? Our population's going to die out. 
think about this. Even in the verse, it says, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Why is that? It's because they knew, and when I say they, the, those who wrote the Old Testament understood that if you don't do those things, you're going to die out. You're going to have less power, less control. You, it's going to be harder to spread freedom. And listen, if you're a freedom family and they can encourage you to stop procreating, stop having children, then that's less people that they have to try to indoctrinate in their school systems. That's why the global elites don't want you there. And by the way, dictators for decades, for decades, I'll take you through seven, eight, nine, ten of them, for decades have stopped wanting people to produce. And they've used all sorts of lies and excuses. Kamala Harris in this thing says, oh, it's climate change. You shouldn't produce because of climate change. And what you find out is that's just an excuse. The number one dictator of all time, the most famous one, Adolf Hitler, all the way from for, for about a decade in Germany, implemented forced sterilizations, euthanasia, because he didn't want people to produce. Marching Jews off to concentration camps because he didn't want people to produce. Margaret Sanger, here in the United States, the one who invented Planned Parenthood, that was invented because she didn't want people to produce. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that this conspiracy theory is no longer a theory. It's true. Sometimes the conspiracy theory is not a theory. It is true. The globalists and the elites don't want us to produce because if we reproduce, if we have children and we grow them up in our ways, then that's another set of money that they have to put in to try to beat back power and indoctrinate. Joseph Stalin did purges and executions to try to keep individuals from uh, creating Pol Pot in Cambodia from 75 to almost 1980, did relocation, you know, and he, he abolished uh, uh, property. You had uh, Mao Zong, is that his name, in China. You had a, a dictator, Amin, in Uganda who, who, who did forced sterilization. You had Saddam Hussein using chemical weapons, which he knew would prevent mothers from having children. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. A classic act of dictators is to fight back against the idea that you should reproduce because it is about control. It's not about climate change. It's not about economics. It's not about strange resources. It is about control. And you've got to understand that and understand history. One of the things I encourage you to do, if you want to start to prove that the conspiracy theory may no longer be a theory, that the globalists and elites are together to engage in some type of population control, is read, uh, go back and read the history of Mussolini, read, which, by the way, Mussolini was defended by the left in this country back in the 20s. If you go back in the United States papers and you read, what they were writing about uh, Benito Mussolini at the time, you will quickly see that Mussolini was actually being lauded as a, a new era in world leadership. And he was preaching that garbage back when he ran, by the way. He didn't just start preaching that when Hitler came to power. He was doing it way back in the day. So one of the things you've got to do is familiarize yourself with history and understand these are the people you need to understand. Obviously, you understand Hitler, but go back and read some of Hitler's policies and what he wanted. Uh, learn about Pol Pot and learn about, uh, I think his name is Amen in Uganda, and look about their theories. 
men disconnected from each other, right? Hitler dies in 45, Pol Pot is in the 70s, Uganda is Africa, he doesn't know nothing about Pol Pot, completely separate from one another, and read how their thoughts are aligned even though they didn't knew each other. That population control was a part, was, was a standard practice of what they wanted to do because they understood that the first step, I want you to think, actually, let me get to that point a little bit later. I'll, I'll get to that point later. Now think about this. The next thing you need to do after you've studied and read about some history, so you have some knowledge, you need to arm yourself with something controversial. Now this is a persuasive tactic and you got to learn how to execute it correctly. Now you may agree with what you're arming yourself with. But the reason why in persuasion, when you want to try to convince someone that's not extreme, but that's close to you, that listen, the globalists and elites, they want to control us. They don't want us to have babies. And it's no longer conspiracy theory. It is the conspiracy, right? You want to be able to arm yourself with something controversial. So when they challenge that, you can drop it. You can concede that point. You may still believe it, by the way, but you can see the point, right? No one likes to go into an argument losing all three or four points. No one likes to go into an argument losing all three or four points. So if you're making an argument to someone, one strategy is to put out an extreme red herring. And when they say, well, wait a second, I don't think that's true. I don't think that that statement's true. You can say, all right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one, but still my point is proven. And then you're slowly drawing them in. So one of the things you can arm yourself with that's controversial in this case about population control is uh, abortion. Now, I happen to believe and you happen to believe and we know that the abortion policy and population control is true. Look up the founder of Planned Parenthood. She said it. She said it. She said it. When I was going to school and I heard pro-abortion arguments, and I remember this all the way back in like seventh, eighth grade, people said, well, by providing reproductive autonomy <laughs> notice the the nice flowerly language by the way that's another thing you can know let's let's just take a let, let me take you to school today mark this down whenever you hear a political argument and the language gets over excessively flowerly be on the lookout be on the lookout for what they're really saying some uh, a pro-abortion people said well providing reproductive autonomy addresses overpopulation. Number one, th- th- that statement is so loaded. Reproductive autonomy? Well, what's, why is reproductive autonomy classified and categorized as the negative? In other words, don't go out and do anything. Don't go out and reproduce. And if you do reproduce, uh, kill it. Why can't true reproductive autonomy be what Moses said or recorded in Genesis? Did I say Moses? I apologize. In Genesis. And God blessed them and God sent them to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's true autonomy, reproductive autonomy. And then overpopulation. When they say that, implicit in that is that there is overpopulation. Have you ever been in the state of Alabama? Yes, there's overpopulation in disgusting New York City. There's maybe overpopulation in Shanghai and Shenzhen. There may be overpopulation in Miami and L.A. But if you go across the United States, we have plenty of room to grow, plenty of room for people to expand, even in beach and coastal areas. Go up uh, to Pensacola, Florida. Go to Mobile, Alabama. There's plenty of room. So this notion, oh, we are overpopulating the earth. Oh, my God. Uh, No, 
You're not overpopulating the earth because the earth was made for you. Regardless of your, your faith and foundation belief, go back to the end of Genesis. It was made for you. So this, this pro-abortion argument that, well, individuals need to make informed choices about family size and uh, I- individuals need to make these choices because we don't want to have a strain on, on resources is all subterfuge. It's an argument to control you. It's an argument to make sure that you cannot amass power because power comes in numbers. If they can prevent you from having more kids and passing along your values to your kids, then they gain power. It's a two-pronged strategy. The first prong is let's try to prevent them from having kids. And if they do have kids, let's put them in these crap schools and try to change their mindset. And now they realize that the crap schools are failing. So once again, just like in the clip I played you, Kamala Harris has now have to up the rhetoric. She's got to up the rhetoric on population control. Hello? So h- how can we prove the conspiracy theory may no longer be a theory? Listen, when someone, someone's going to push back against the abortion argument. No, it's about women's rights. Just let it go. Right? Give them that. Because the point, the point in talking to someone that disagrees with you about this topic is to draw them over to our side. It's to draw them in and get them to start to think and plant a seed. So if you lay out for them a three or four or five point argument and they push back on one point or even two points and you concede one or two points to them, you're not really conceding, but you just tell them, eh, okay, all right, maybe, maybe you got a point there. And you concede, then they walk away thinking, Okay, this person's reasonable. We got to be smart. In order for us to push back and start winning, that's why I do this podcast. We got to start, stop being stupid and we got to start being real smart, smart as a fox. The Democrats have been doing it for years, inking it out, inking out their garbage, inking out their destruction of society through Disney and through whatever else. And now we have to be just as smart. Another thing you've got to understand to prove the conspiracy theory is no longer a theory. You've got to become a student of power and how it is utilized, internalize it. So you know how to recognize it, know how to describe it, and know how to argue it. Notice even in the verse that power is conveyed in the verse. This is why most faiths are dangerous, particularly the Christian faith. If you're Christian, Protestant, Christian, Catholic, whatever, it's dangerous. Because in the very sentence, when it talks about man, I I want you to understand the sentence that talks about man and then the first commandment. The sentence that talks about man is simple. So God created man in his own image. So think about this. God, as we define it, all-powerful, all-knowing, gracious, loving, created in his own image. So God creates man in his own image. And then it goes a step further for you feminists and says, in the image of God, he created man, meaning global, meaning mankind, humans, male and female created he them. So it, this is one of the most beautiful verses. It, it really is poetic, and that's part of the reason. This is a whole thing to do with the King James Bible and why it took hold, I believe. But it, it's so beautiful. Even in the English Standard Version, it's so beautiful. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Just beautiful poetry. And think about the power of that statement. You are made in the image of the most powerful person 
in the universe in all time in history. So, of course, the left has to tear that down. Then God blesses you. Think about the next verse. What happened? God blesses you. And the first commandment is not of the Ten Commandments. Oh, come on, folks. This is amateur Bible stuff. Amateur Bible. You think you know some Bible. You don't know. This is amateur Bible stuff. The first commandment is God blesses you. And then God says, what is that first commandment God gives to man? Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So in other words, God creates you in his image. And then he says, do what I did and make more of you. And the left doesn't even realize it. That's why they have to fight you so hard. That's why he has to do. Because if you're made in God's image and then you start making other creatures in God's image, then you're more like God. And then what he say? Subdue. Think about it. Fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Okay. Then he says, subdue it, have dominion over it. And then you want to say about overpopulation. This is why, and I'm sorry to get too theological, this is, but, but, Ani, but this is why the notion of uh, overpopulation is stupid in the eyes of God. Because in that verse, God recognizes, I'm sorry to go a little churchy, but I just got to, I got to bring it home for us right now. In that, because I'm over time, in that verse, God recognizes that we are going to die out. Even before death was, came about, this is important. Think about it. He makes man and female, and then he says, go out, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion over it. Go back, replenish the earth. Replenish meaning it was first had a lenish. <laughs> That's not a word. But at first, it, it's got some people in it, and you're going to have to keep putting more people in it. So somehow these people weren't going to remain. So go out and put people into the earth. That's, how, that's why overpopulation and the notion of overpopulation is, an, is anti-God, is anti-faith, is anti-Muslim faith, anti-Jewish faith, anti-Christian faith. There is no overpopulation. The earth was made for you, and there's plenty of places in the U.S., and there's plenty of places on the planet. And if you've driven, you, I, it's amazing. These liberals will drive through the desert of Nevada, drive through Alabama, and say, oh, I, I, I took a trip through Alabama. There's nothing but trees and forests. It was so boring. Well, guess what? That's the land that they can live on, you dumb. Uh-oh. I don't want to say it because this might be children listening. <laughs> Think about that. The liberals drive through, and then they want to say, well, you know, it, it was boring, and all I saw was green grass, and there was nothing there. Well, that's the land for you to subdue. That's the land for you to, 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 to replenish. The first order God gives is to procreate. That's why it's in our nature. That's why one of the things we struggle with, and that's the most hurtful, is the notion of affairs, is the notion of sleeping around, is the notion, it, it's struggle because it's in the essence in nature, and they're doing everything they can. When I say they, let me be clear, the Democrat Party and the left and the globalists and elitists are doing everything they can to get that out of you, the notion of procreation. I want you to go back real quick. I, I know it's been too long, but this is so important for us to say. You've got God, you're creating his image. Then he creates a male and female. This is set up. The left is attacking us. They attack God. They uh, attack the notion that you're made in his image. How are they attacking that notion? Because the left wants to push. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not judging. This is important. I'm not saying it's wrong. But the left pushes hooks and noses. They push tattoos all over the place. Now they're pushing men chopping off penises, women chopping off breasts. They're doing everything they can to push, and they don't even realize what they're doing. But I see you, devil. I know exactly what you're doing. 
they pushed against God and then they're pushing against being made in his image by telling you you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Young lady, you need to get some butt fillers to make your butt stick out. Get that booty popping. You're not good enough, young lady. You need some breasts. God gave you some nice, small be breasts, which some men would be lovely happy with, but, oh, that's not good enough. So we need to take some of the fat out of your leg and pump it into your breast or get you some gel silicone implants or whatever. I don't know if it's silicone anymore and put them in your breast because you're not good enough. You need to go ahead and, and put some sticks in your nose like a bull because you're not good enough. You need some tattoos permanently on your body all over the place, young man, because you're not good enough. Because if you were made in the image of God, then how you were made is good enough. But the left is telling you you're not. That's why it's among the left most of the time. You see the garbage you see. It's not among the right, particularly the Christian rights. That's why they want you to change your hair color so much. That's why all the left, they got the purple and green helicopter because it's all effort to deny that you are made in the image of God. Then they move to the next step where he says, male and female created he them and say, that's not true because you're not a male and you're not a female. You're really a female. You're really a male. They're attacking. Understand how the left attacks us. Understand how I could come to the conclusion that the conspiracy theory is no longer a theory. Then they move to the next step where they say, when it says, and God blessed them and God said unto them, they attack the word blessed. You're not blessed. You're living in this climate change society. There's a tornado, right? The air you breathe is bad. The water, you heard Kamala Harris say it yourself. The water you breathe is bad. So they're attacking every step. Then replenish, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Oh, you can't do that. It's overpopulation. Subdue it. Who do you think you are to subdue an animal? Who do you think you are to eat meat? Who do you think you are to fish in the sea? Who do you think you are to shoot a bird out of the air? They're endangered. <laughs> Man, the left is goddess today. The left is goddess today. Although you may not use this, you, you may not always use the power argument directly but you got to understand that the purpose of the conspiracy theory refutation you got to understand the purpose of the conspiracy uh, theory refutation in other words the purpose of being able to refute individuals who say it's a conspiracy theory is to reestablish and regain and get your power back by the way there's a reason why most conspiracy theories have to deal with someone having power over someone else in a clandestine manner. Think about it. Alien conspiracy theories all are about a more powerful creature out there someplace coming down and having power over us. Conspiracy theories often lie in a power exchange. The JFK conspiracy theories often are about some shadowy government that has secret power over us. Conspiracy theories are usually about power exchange. Therefore, if you're going to make an argument that your conspiracy theory is true, then you have to understand and come to grips with what it means to have power, how power works, how power is uh, disseminated through society. So when talking to someone and getting someone to turn to you and, and, and turn your way and believe that this, there is no conspiracy theory. It's a true conspiracy that the global elites, that the wealthy of the, uh, of the world, excuse me, they want us 
to not have any children because they want to exercise their power. You've got to understand who they are, which are the fascists, what power is, and how it's exercised. Though that is the step that you need to be able to convince someone that the conspiracy theory is no longer a theory. If you enjoyed this program, send it to someone you know. This has been episode 12 or 13. I'm unsure. My name is Archer J. Pruitt. This has been Cross at the Capitol. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you may get your podcast. Remember, wisdom is the main thing with all about getting get and understanding. <laughs>